0: All right. It's the only wrestling podcast on earth with one two time X Division champion, the man behind the man behind the man at Impact Wrestling, my best friend and yours, PD Williams.
1: How's she going, eh?
0: And now, not to be confused, because usually we only have one rock star on our podcast, a phenomenon in the punk industry, one of my favorite bands on the earth, Lars Fredrickson from Rancid. By the way, oh, I get a lot of heat online because I never mention any of your other bands. Everybody's like, why do you only mention? (laughs) Well, Dennis, because if you did, then you'd be here for like 15 minutes. (laughs) Exactly.
2: I I figured I'd address that. And, uh, you know, know, well, let me just say something. You want to know what that's called? What's that called? That's called being unhappily married. That's what you do. You just go join like 15 bands, and then, you know, then you get a divorce, and you're like,
0: why did I join so many bands?
2: Pete, hey, so, why didn't you join
0: so many wrestling organizations?
1: I, 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 I they're called indie shows, man. <laughs> I didn't make my own wrestling organizations. Anyways, carry on.
0: Uh well, listen, I'm gonna start this like we started the last podcast with Tommy and and explain how this came about. Because for me, this is one of my favorite stories of all time. I'm sitting at I'm sitting at home, uh, all of a sudden my Twitter starts blowing up. Everybody's like, oh my gosh, uh Johnny Christ and Tommy end are talking about the wrestling perspective on his Twitch stream. I'm like, what, why would they talk about us? So I go in and I had missed it, but it was at the end of their stream. So I go and I go and watch the replay. And for like eight minutes, Johnny's talking about Lars and his podcast and how he would love to be on it. And uh, the Twitter universe reached out and said, Hey, make this happen. Uh, Johnny, Thank you so much for coming on to our Humble Little Podcast because, you know, as we explained before, I'm more of a fan of your podcast than I am of your your music. I know PD loves the music. And yeah. ours where do you stand? I hate everybody here
2: on this podcast, except for <laughs> myself.
0: So there you go. <laughs> of course, I love Avenged
2: Sevenfold. You know what I mean? So I've seen, <laughs> seen them a few times. They're great, great, great live performance. You guys kill it. So... um you know what I mean? It's it's an honor to be here with you. You know what I mean? I mean, you guys are kind of like the kings.
3: Oh, man, well, pleasure's all mine. Huge fan, obviously. You were actually at the uh, the first Warp tour I ever played with the band in 2003. Uh, I don't know if you remember. We uh, we briefly spoke a couple of times, but mostly I was an 18 year old kid getting to watch No Effects and Rancid on my first ever summer tour, and yeah. that was enough for me. So I, I'm 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 actually very honored to be here, man. Wow.
2: Right. Yeah. You guys, I mean, you guys do it better than anybody. So, you know. I
3: don't know about anybody, but uh I appreciate well, it. There's
2: a lot. I mean, you know, obviously, <laughs> you know, there's your style and what and how, you know. That I, I mean, nothing but respect is all I'm trying to relay.
3: Yeah, man, I appreciate that. And Dennis, I uh on your story there, I have to admit, I I owe you an apology because uh when we were uh DMing each other on Twitter back and forth, I didn't realize I was talking to you. I nope. thought it was like the producer of the show, and I was just like, "Oh yeah, we were talking about like potentially getting a couple of the other guys to come on my podcast," and and I was like, "Oh yeah, for sure, I'd, I'd for sure want to have Lars and Petey on, and 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 the other guys." And you were like, "Oh, this is Dennis." I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> Listen, gotcha.
0: it's very nice because I, I get to go in this very relaxed where. I'm I'm surrounded by people that have been amazing in whatever industry they've done. Whether it's Lars with Rancid, PD with Impact, Darren McCarty, the four-time Stanley Cup champion, uh, Dimitri Young, who's off doing some baseball stuff, two-time MLB All-Star, and even before uh, we even got things going, Jason Kindle. So I have the most relaxed job where I I'm, I'm kind of the no name of the group, and it's kind of okay. I'm happy with that. <laughs>
1: You're well, like I said, Dennis, come on, man, yeah, you're, no. you're, you are the producer of the show. Like you, yeah. you built this thing, man. So and yeah, kudos to guy. you
0: and the best looking guy. Let's not lie know. <laughs> well, let's, let's start. Cause we have a crap ton of fan questions uh, oh, before cool. we get there. Let me start with your journey. Usually we kind of, uh, you know, we'll pepper someone with questions. We're doing this a little different cause we're all fans here and somewhat equals. Well, you guys are all equals. I'm Dennis, but, let me start with this. What got you into wrestling?
3: Well, um, it's a funny story, actually. Uh, I've been raised on wrestling. My father is a huge wrestling fan, and I was actually at the second WrestleMania. Um, I was about three months old, and <laughs> I wasn't allowed to I, or not that I wasn't allowed to I wouldn't take the bottle. So my mom had to take me along, and it was during uh, it was 1985, and they'd had that simulcast. Yeah, where it was they had los angeles chicago and new york so we naturally we were the one here in los angeles i believe it was at the coliseum Mm -hmm. so like in between it's just kind of wild when i when i went back on the network and watched that and was like oh i was there because it it was also so ahead of its time right to try and pull off a simulcast like that in 1985 and they did it it was i was really impressed when i even watched back on it but uh from that point on you know I'd like to say I remember that, but obviously I don't. I was three months old. But as soon as I could remember, I was watching WWF Superstars every Saturday morning. Um later on, Raw would come on. I'd go over to my grandma's house because she was a big baseball fan and had all the Turner uh channels. So I'd go watch WCW over there on the weekends as well. Um, I mean, pretty much as as early as I can remember, uh, dropping an elbow on my pops on in bed, you know, mm-hmm. doing shit like that. And uh from then on i just had a huge love for wrestling so you okay
1: now you go back you and i feel like are the same that there's different types of wrestling fans i start off as a fan so you know i I always call myself wrestling fan a lot of people because there's been so many eras in wrestling you know obviously you grew up with the you know the hulk hogan era then it turned into you know where everybody was like uh you know that they, they had an occupation, like you're a plumber or you're an IRS guy, like regular <laughs> yeah, occupations. Yeah. You'd come up dressed like that, now you're a pro wrestler. That was a weird era. Um <laughs> I loved you know, it, and, man.
3: <laughs> right? I mean I still like, watch back uh, at it, I think it's so absurd, it's so it's so awesome. So the crazy. promos they had for like the repo man and stuff. I was like, yeah. This is just this is it's just a straight a comedy. I garbage, love
1: it. Garbage, garbage, you know, like a garbage man and stuff like that. I'm like, Why? Yeah, okay. But anyways, so Did you ever fall off and be like, you know, this era isn't for me and then come back and stuff? Because like, you know, some wrestling fans are very fickle. They don't they didn't stick with it all the way. You know, like, were you just a fan? Like, I don't care, man. It's wrestling. Whatever you throw at me, I'm going to watch it. Was there eras that you loved or hated or anything?
3: I would love to sit here and say I've just been writing it the whole time, but I got to be honest and no, there's been ups and downs uh, of listening. I mean, uh, or watching rather Um, starting with, you know, being being a kid and up until, I mean, I was really into it up through the the attitude era. And I think about like 99, 2000, I kind of got out of it for a little while. I don't really know why it wasn't because I wasn't into the storylines anymore or anything like that, or the gimmicks. It was really, I, I couldn't tell you, I don't know if it was becoming a teenager and focusing more on music and, um, mm. you know, being a shitty teenager and doing drugs, but whatever it was, it took me away from wrestling for a little while. And then, uh, you know, from being in this band and rubbing elbows with guys like yourself, Petey, and uh, just, you know, going through it and coming back to wrestling. And then now I'm, I think it's a great time to be a wrestling fan. I'm fucking super stoked right now because there's so much out there and you kind of get you can kind of pick and choose what wrestling you like, you know, it's kind of, it. it it's come back to that. And I think it's really great.
0: So, Lars, do you yeah. have you know, I mean, questions? Huh? Do you have anything before we hit fan
2: questions? Well, I, 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 I'm over my coughing. Do you know how to solve a coughing fit? That's my question.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, uh, I, don't I don't know, man. There's, there's a few uh, different ways, but
2: <laughs> yeah. um, honestly uh, though, First match that you saw that you were kind of like, okay, this is what I, this is, I mean, did you want to be a professional wrestler when you grew up or did you know that you were going to be a performer or, I mean, did you have these ideas, these inclinations, so to speak?
3: Yeah. I mean, I guess early on when I had like, you know, the, the wrestling buddy, you know, I had, I had like a macho man wrestling buddy and I'd jump on my parents' bed and jump all over it. And I had, my name is jumping Johnny and I was going to be a wrestler (laughs) and absolutely I fucking had it all figured out
1: great name and uh, (laughs) sold so many shirts (laughs) yeah good old Johnny and jumping Jim Brunzel that's exactly what I was thinking yeah
3: (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I mean that was I mean that was when I was really young and then um uh first match I mean there's so many I mean one that really sticks out to me was was Taker versus uh, uh, the Uganda Giant Kamala uh, when they were um, when they had their battle there for a minute and in, there was like the coffin matches. I know there was a couple coffin matches before that with Taker with like uh, Jake Roberts, Snake the Jake, and everything. But like for some reason, when Kamala was selling it without being able to speak, it just really like it was it was a really cool moment for me to like kind of understand a little bit more of the psychology happening in it. Um, and I think I was probably like seven. Eight years old at that time, probably. And uh, so those those matches together, I think, really stand out in my mind. And then, of course, um, there was a couple matches with, like, uh, Shawn Michaels and Scott Hall um, at, when he was raised with Ramon that were just incredible. Like, the, the first couple of ladder matches, with, uh, including the Hart brothers, that that whole early was about, like, 92. They were doing some ladder matches with the Intercontinental title on the line, and those matches were just fucking fire to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, well, we have a ton of questions. I'm just going to ask everybody the questions because some were for certain people, but there's four of us here. So I'm sure we all have an opinion on all this. Matt wants to know, first question, if you could write an intro song for any wrestler, who would it be and what wrestler would best fit the music you play?
2: So Pete, you even play music. So Lars? Well, you know, I've been bugging him for years, but he wants to use that fucking... You know, cult of personality. So, <laughs> fuck you, bro. but, no, but honestly, I probably, you know, besides the obvious, which is BCM Punk, um, you know, I can't, I can't, you know, hmm. There's been so many guys over the years that, of course, you would love to like be a part of their 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 shtick. But if there was probably one guy. I would probably say I would love to have done some sort of like rockabilly, dusty roads working man, you know, cause wow. he was, you know what I mean? That would, I mean, cause that, I think that would be kind of neat, you know, I don't know just because it's dusty roads, but
3: that's fucking awesome. I love that answer. Johnny. Um, I don't know exactly who it would be right now. Um, uh, there's so many as Lars said, that would be awesome. Obviously. I'd love to, I'd love to do a flair one, but that one's already too perfect. You don't want to redo yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I will say though, we did, uh, we did one for, uh, Ken Kennedy before we was Ken Anderson. Actually it never got released. We were, we went in and, uh, and recorded a song, did the whole thing. We were on Warner brothers and, uh, WWE at the time were butting heads and it never came out. We were so bummed cause we spent this whole time like recording this song and, it was gonna be awesome. Like, and uh I think that was back in like 2007. Do you still so,
0: have
3: it? It's somewhere. I don't know where it is, uh-huh. but I think it's somewhere. I I, I have no idea. You we,
0: gotta find it and put it out in the world.
3: <laughs> yeah. I'd love to, man, but I don't I don't know what the what the legalities are on it these days. <laughs> yeah. so it's been a while, so it should be fun.
2: <clears throat> Pretty soon you have Vince knocking on your door.
3: Hey, you never know, hey, man.
2: Hey, give me back my song.
3: <laughs> Pete. I've only heard-, heard crazy stories, man.
0: You were in a band with the Motor City Machine Guns. What would mm-hmm. you have done for somebody?
1: Uh, probably for the Motor City Machine Guns. I mean, we, we had... We, uh, it was cool. We could, we could never use it on TV for, you know, legal reasons. I don't know why music is, like, so... It's ridiculous. Like, hey, you know, I'm in a band. I own the rights to this or whatever. Can I play my music? And they're like, no, because... And everybody just wants to have a hand in it, so it's ridiculous. But, you know, whenever on the indies, we would always... I know Saban came out to um yeah, i can't remember the name like whatever's real or something like that and then i would come out to the woodward song and you know we love doing our our own thing um so i wouldn't mind you know going down again and recording and getting the machine guns another first we need the machine guns back together we need to find alex shelley i don't know where he's at um we need them to get back together and then record a song and then have them be the machine guns again that's what i would do
0: nice uh, for me, I don't play music, but I'm a nerd. But if they came to me and said, who would you do? Uh, maybe, maybe something for the free I know they bad street oh, yeah. phenomenal, but God yeah. almighty, uh, just to be able to have my fingerprints on something that Freebirds
2: did would be just amazing.
3: Well, Michael Hayes, have a gold record. Didn't Michael Hayes have a gold record?
2: I don't know because Michael Hayes, actually, we had a long conversation about because, The masters he was getting the masters back finally or something like that we had this conversation about how you should go about putting it out and um so i don't even necessarily know if if, i mean i'm sure because they sold a bunch of those out of the he was telling me out of the out of the trunk of their car they pressed it themselves Mm -hmm. and that's kind of how they did it they kind of did it full full punk rock style you know i mean they you know after the shows they'd sell the records out of the out of the trunk
0: could Manhattan. you imagine having one of those? That'd be so cool, right? That that might be yeah. one of those those gem things you own. That probably I wouldn't imagine how much it'd be worth, but it wouldn't be probably bank breaking money. But that I, might be one of those prized possessions.
2: I actually might have one because I know I have Terry Funk's record. I've got Jesse Ventura. I got a couple of his records. Oh shit. Sure. And there's a a Freddie Blassie record that came out. Pencil you piece. have
3: these all on vinyl?
2: Yeah. That's fucking cool. Yeah. What? So I, I, I could, you know what? <clears throat> I should have
3: known. When's the listening party, heard. Lars? Yeah. Lars, right? when's the listening party?
2: Yeah. I mean, but that's the thing. It's like I could, you know, if if I was a little bit better prepared for this, I probably could have had him and, and you know, Vanna White, you know?
3: <laughs> well, don't you get, this is recording, right? Can't you just put it in post or something? <laughs> and we're back okay so lars with your records see him now
0: all right see you guys later <laughs> all right. uh, next question when did you guys realize wrestling was fake come on it's not fake that's mm-hmm. a question Next we question.
3: don't we don't use the f word we don't use the fucking f word
0: right uh i tell you what i i will tell my story it was uh hulk hogan versus the earthquake And if you remember, he did this, you know, Earthquake plunge on him like three times in a row. And then as they pan out the end of the show, there's a neatly folded Hulk Hogan shirt on a bench. And they're like, this could be the end. We'll never see Hulk Hogan again. As a kid, I'm tearing up. I'm like, not the Hulkster. And my dad, God bless him, slapped me in the back of the head and said, what are you doing? Stop. It's the F word. And that was the moment it was ruined for me. What about you, Pete?
1: Uh, you know, I always, you know, I got into wrestling when I was like five or six. And I always like had the suspicion, like, is this real? Like, you know, it, I, I think they gave me the like my parents, like my dad, who I watch wrestling with. He was like, hey, just so you know, it's it's this isn't real. Like this is he never used the F word, but he's like, they're not really hitting each other is what he would say. And I'm like, OK. And I remember there's an article in the paper. Um, you know, I was probably like six or seven. My mom read it to me that said, you know, how it was fake and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, my, no. Um, but you know, it's really weird. You, you know, it's fake. And then some time goes by and you're like, man, those guys look like they're really pissed at each other, you know? And like, they're hitting each other really hard. And and then you start thinking like, wait, maybe they don't like each other. Everybody else is doing fake stuff, but maybe, maybe they really hate each other. So it kind of put that gray area in there. And that's what I, you know, really, really loved about wrestling. And there still is some of that in there. I mean, like, like there's some dudes, obviously legit don't like each other. And they're like, you know, they're going to lay it in. They're going to do it safe. But I'm like, whoo, I don't want to be in that match right now. So,
3: um, yeah, I mean, I I was pretty young when I, how many, have you been in any matches like that where you're just in the ring with someone you don't like? Uh, well, you know name. Sure. Right. <laughs> Let's talk about that. <laughs> Sorry. I on? just, put, I just, I just put on my podcasters hat yeah. there for a second. I was like, wait a minute. I want to know a little bit more about this. Sure. I'll talk about it.
1: Um, <laughs> I, think he's, this is I think he's in jail uh, anyway. So, um,
3: I don't know. Have you, have you been on
1: stage with guys you don't like playing with? No, I'm just, right. <laughs> <laughs> so,
3: um, Hey, Hey,
1: Pick hey. A day. <laughs> uh, Yeah, <I> <laughs> no, there's uh you know, I, I guess I'll tell my Teddy Hart story. Uh, everybody knows who Teddy Hart is. Uh, I guess from the Hart family, nephew of Bret Hart or or something. Um, we we're at the C- uh, ECW arena, is CZW, and you know, as myself versus Teddy versus Jack uh, Jack Evans, right? And you know, he calls an impromptu dive to the outside. He he hits us, and he's like, "Catch my dive!" And I'm like, "Okay." So I'm assuming he's going to place us right where he wants us. And then his dive totally like miss. He does like whatever in the air, like twist and like totally misses us. Like we're not even close. And he's like, ah, why didn't you catch me? And I'm like, I I don't, (laughs) what kind of dive were you going to do? Where did you want us? Like you just kind of just went catch my dive. Um, So I'm like, sorry, dude. You know, like I tried to catch you. Um, We both missed them. And then he started really punching me in the face. And I'm like, what the? F- so I'm like, I, I shove him off. I roll in the ring, and I'm like, okay, this is gonna be done, or or this is gonna be on. And then he gets in the ring, and he rears back, and I'm like, oh, I'm ready. And then he work punches me, <laughs> <laughs>
3: and I'm like, what? Like, what so did you know? Happened? So wait, wait, did you end up no selling then? Because you weren't ready for it?
1: No. Then I was like, oh, I'm like, what? Uh, okay, I guess. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know, like, what his thought process was. If it was like he felt like maybe I purposely dropped him or not caught him. Um, And that was like his receipt on me, which, you know, receipts happen all the time in wrestling. But then after that, it was, you know, fake once again. So yeah. I was like, huh, that's weird. So to answer your question, uh, th- th- it gets real in there sometimes. Like okay. it-, it gets really real.
3: I'm, I'm glad to you know that because it feels like, yeah, if, you know, it's sometimes, you know, you guys are pretty good, pretty good at selling it in there sometimes. And I'm like, oh, like I've been texted Darby a couple of times after he like, did something crazy. And he's like, Oh yeah, man, I'm, I'm totally good. And I was like, man, you sold the shit out of that.
1: <laughs> Some, I'll tell you something. Like if, if you see somebody really sell the shit out of something that usually means like it didn't hurt them.
3: Uh-huh.
1: Usually when you get the like no, like almost no sell, it's like, Oh, that really hurt. Cause okay. I mean, he's not even trying to, to, to sell that thing. Like he's probably in legit pain. So uh, it's almost the opposite in wrestling, I would say.
3: Hmm. okay good to know so those chops really fucking hurt then
1: no uh, (laughs) it depends on who like roderick strong man roderick strong i used to hate wrestling him he would do chop and his his really hit you really hard in the back uh but so i every after every chop i would not stay there for another chop i would totally feed him my back i would chop and i would go down i'm like hit me in the back all day long man i'm like your chops (laughs) are just making me bleed oh shit (laughs) <laughs> but it's fine. I mean, yeah, Chops are, those probably are be, real, right? man. Those are yeah, definitely yeah. real. I got welts and all that kind of stuff. What but, about- you know, wrestling's fake, so whatever. <laughs> What's your story, John?
3: Oh, shit, man. You know, I had two older brothers. So I think just the fact that, like, being around them, uh, they kind of burst my bubble on pretty much fucking everything. So mm. um, at a really young age, I was probably like four or five when I, when I realized it, it, it was it was uh, it was choreographed. I like I like saying choreographed because these motherfuckers are really doing like come on, P. D. Williams over hey, here. They're doing it's some not, shit. Dude, I, we walk and talk in the ring too, so it's not choreographed yeah, yeah. either. It's not even choreographed, like improv or I don't know. Yeah, predetermined. That's predetermined. What like say. There predetermined. we go. All right, I'll use I'll I'll steal that one from you then,
2: <laughs> Lars. I mean, I, I never. I mean, even when people told me it wasn't real, I still was like. No, this is the realest thing.
3: <laughs> Lars is like right now. I didn't realize I know we're having this conversation.
2: I I'm, I'm, I'm actually got a lot of heat with you guys, you know, for telling <laughs> me fucking stories because, like, it's it's realer, just like the love for my kids, you know. Um, but no, I remember, uh, I remember JFA had a song and then it was like, it's not fake. You're just stupid. It's not fake. You're just stupid. So they had my back. But I think I was about, I was watching, I remember I was watching, uh World Championship Wrestling NWA WTBS probably 86 and my brother and a few of the homies came home and I'm watching it cuz it was like I'm from 3 to 6 or it was like 3 hours 2 hours 3 hours whatever I you know I just remember it started at 305 like oh, oh
3: yeah yeah so, oh they always did that at Turner man the fives yeah. all the time yeah
2: yeah so. so and they came in and I was watching it and I was just in my zone and they were kind of a couple sheets to the wind. So they just came after me, you know. This is back here, fucking this, blah blah now, Why do you watch, you know, whatever, you know, just coming at me. And uh, I remember getting so freaking angry, you know, because it's like, you know, I feel when later in life, and you know, punk was here <laughs> one time and um and he, I guess, he, and he was in a program with Randy Orton, and I remember him the way he was talking. He was like, "God, that guy's such an asshole." Even though, like, like he was like psyching himself up to really believe what was happening. You know what I mean? And then you see that aspect of the the business, and you're kind of like, "Well, it's not really that fake," because if you're using also the psychology, you know, yeah, it's a performance, right? And then watching people work out a match from the from the end, from the finish to the beginning or whatever it is. And then they're calling audibles. It's so I I never really look at it as like, you know, the predetermined or the choreographed. It's just, it's more like a, it's like a set. It's like a song, like, you know, you got, you want to come out and you want to have, you know, a lot of hits and then you've got to bring it down and get into the, you know, uh, like headlock down on the mat. And then you got your big finish, you know, your Ruby Soho, good night, you know, Mm
4: -hmm.
2: you know, whatever the appropriate, song would be for whatever band but that's the way I kind of see it it's it's kind of like that that build so I don't really necessarily know if it's like fake because you know I've seen these guys you know I mean how many concussions you had Petey?
1: yeah I've had a few and dude I'm still like nursing some injuries just from the last set of tapings so yeah yeah. fake is definitely the wrong word yeah
2: Yeah. so I think it's 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 yeah I know it's a pre. you know the 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 outcome is known by everybody at the producer and whatever but it's kind of like that's almost not you know doesn't really apply in the modern world now because now the door you know that that cover was pulled long ago so now it's more about who's got the skill who can capture your imagination to think that like whoa what's really happening on the TV screen is legit like watching that GCW match between Nick Gage Card- yeah man and Cardona yeah like that was like I'm sorry man but that you know I've seen death matches and I've seen Big, Big Japan. At Kurakin, and that's a small room, you know, and watching these guys smash each other with light bulbs or thumbtack, I I i am st- stepping on a fucking Lego hurts.
3: <laughs> God damn it, the fucking Legos.
2: You know what I'm saying? So to me, it's like, you know, you have to have, I know adrenaline's there for you guys and whatever else. And you know, I've never actually experienced that. I've, I've taken a chair shot before. I asked somebody, it was the stupidest move. Mm-hmm.
3: Who was it? Who who did you ask to give you a fucking chair shot?
2: uh it was this uh indie wrestler named Scott Snot okay and i'm not
3: familiar but how how was it
2: it was it was gnarly and then and then i asked mike modest i was i did a little loop with mike modest and he, and he no modest hit me with the chair snot hit me with his briefcase cuz whatever i was you know i was in my 30s i could take that shit i
0: i don't know why fans think they can take a chop and
3: uh, Pete, you you can attest don't to that they- what don't they ask for it in uh, – Pete could probably attest to this too. Don't they ask for it in Japan? Like there's a lot of like – I was talking to Chris Jericho years ago and he was telling me about how like anytime he goes there, just fans on the street will like run up to him and be like, give me the chop, give me the chop, and take their fucking suits off and stuff. Yeah, I mean there,
1: there's there's fans that are like, you know, uh, you know, I want to feel a chop, you know what I mean? Like because like, they'll think it's fake. They think we're like slapping our leg or something, you know what I mean? Like no, that chop is the chop like of – your hand hitting that person's chest. So they want to, and man, and I used to not that my, like, I'm, I'm a smaller dude. I, not like I'm my chops are the hardest or anything, but you know, I, I hang out with some big dudes when I wrestle. So we always make sure I'm like, Hey, who has the hardest chop? If they're going to ask. And I <laughs> like, there's been like a one from uh, team can, if you guys remember him, you know, his buddy asked for a chop one time. He's like, all right, man, I'll do it. And he's like, yep. Yeah. And his buddy actually said after the chop, he's like, "Dude, I think I felt my heart skip a beat, like for real." (laughs) And I'm like, "So yeah." And I used to do a little thing with, uh, um, back in PWG, the PWG days, we actually reversed it where we had the fans chop, like the wrestler that I was wrestling. It was great; the fans loved it, fan interaction. Um, And I, you know, after my dive on the outside or whatever, I would hold my opponent, and I'd okay this with my opponent. And I'd have, like, you know, regular-sized people chop. I'm like, go ahead, chop them after I did it. And, you know, the big payoff was, like, I'd pick, like, the littlest kid in the crowd or, you know, the, the oldest, you know, person maybe in a wheelchair or something like that. And they would do the last chop. And it was the lightest chop, but they sold it the biggest and stuff. And the fans loved it. Um, so the chop goes a long way because you could do so much with that. And and people still have that mystique about it, you, you know? So, yeah, the chop. <laughs>
0: Would would you two ever, Lars Johnny? Would you two ever take a chop from a wrestler?
3: No, <laughs> no. I would. No thanks. I mean, no, no. I mean, I've had I've had a couple opportunities. Uh, Darby was at the house. He had he had his uh, his friend um, uh, uh, JPEG Mafia over here, and he took a chop. And like, I don't know if he was just drunk or selling it or what, but he just like screamed bloody murder in my house, and I was like, shut up, my fucking kids asleep. But like <laughs> it he was, it, I, I, it was enough for me. I watched that. He, he took it from no, he took it from Darby Allen. Oh man, okay. like Darby's not even not even a very big mm-hmm. guy, you know. And uh, but it was, it was fucking reverberated through the whole house. I'll tell you that much. Oh man, yeah, I don't
2: think I can really get hit by somebody and not hit them back. And I'm not gonna ask a professional if It hit me, and then then what am I gonna do? Like, you know what I mean? Like. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get killed you know what i mean <laughs> plus it's like it's like it's kind of like you don't miss you, you got to learn if you want to play with the big dogs then you got to learn how to piss in the tall grass and that's a, that grass is too tall
1: for me fuck it you can have it you know what i mean you guys are used to it like you know what i mean that's oh, the, dude, the, i'm the still trip. not used to it like some of the hardest choppers so roderick strong yeah uh, Joe, Smojo has some, he, he brings some, some, some good ones. Uh, and, uh, but, uh, Bubba Ray, Bully Ray. Um, yeah, he does the overhand. If you ever see dudes do the overhand chop, the old school, that's, that's, you can, re- you, you can really bring it more overhand. Like if you ever see me wrestle and I'm doing these and then I bring it overhand, that means I'm like, motherfucker, I'm like, stop chopping me, you know? Just so you know, that's that's my tell.
2: I did Uh, I did give Lex Luger Great American Bash on tour. Me and my friend Derek went, and Lex Luger was going down the ring and I smacked him as hard as I could on the chest. And when he got to the ring, you could still see my see the
1: mark? (laughs) Nice.
2: (laughs) <laughs> and it's like a story my buddy Derek will tell. and I hated fuck 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 Lex Luger. I, I okay, wait,
3: wait. So so this was wait wait. I gotta I gotta ask the question on this Lars. So he's just walking down the aisle and you're like, Are you are you just a, a spectator at this yeah, point? You yeah, didn't yeah. actually meet him. And you just I'm, reach over.
2: I just I, we were on the aisle, so they were coming down, you know, the thing I was at the Keysar, yeah, it was in Oakland, so it was at the Keysar or the Kaiser, and the way that the entrance was they, they kind of came down through the crowd a little bit to get to the ring. And all, I remember we were th- like three. It was Tom, who was Derek's dad, Derek and me. And I just reached over and smacked him as hard. as like, I hated him. I fucking and he ran him. away. Like, I remember Brad, Brad Armstrong did a double that night because somebody didn't show up. And at oh, the, yeah. the main event was the Road Warriors and Dusty Roads against, I think it was the Russians.
1: Oh, okay. Good main event.
2: This is 85, 86. It was the Great American Bash on tour. And the Four Horsemen, I remember the Four Horsemen finally got their first t-shirt. Because I and bought
3: it. What was the iteration of those years? I don't, I'm, not, I'm not completely Oh, of the Four Horsemen? The Four Horsemen, yeah. It was the originals.
2: Oli, Arn, Tully, and uh, Rick.
3: Yeah, gotcha. Awesome. I yeah. never got the pleasure of seeing that. but It was pretty cool. It was pretty cool.
0: The closest I ever came to a chop was there was a point in PD and my friendship where I was like, Pete, you gotta do this to me. And we were gonna actually do it on a podcast. And he I don't know, before it was the one where we interviewed Eddie Edwards. And oh
1: that's right. Yeah, yeah.
0: we hit record, he sat down, he put his arm around me, and goes, Listen, you're you're one of my good friends. I'm not gonna do this to you. Please don't ask because you will die and I will kill <laughs> we'll you. Die.
3: Just and death, not, just death. Yeah. Hey, That's my chop, dude. I love it. That, that, <laughs>
0: I'm not trying to kill you. You do not want this. Just pretend that I'm going to give you the chop on the podcast and let's be done with it. Please never ask me to do it again.
1: And I've never done it again. Yeah, <laughs> I think, I think we, uh, we worked it on that one. Uh, but you know, we weren't doing video. It was all audio. So you could, you know, yeah whatever. Hey, yeah. so, okay. Let, let's, let's. back a second because i want to talk about guys in wrestling that seem like pretty legit like you brought up gcw and nick gage right like so lars do you think like he connects with the fans because people are like oh man this guy's like the real deal like i think people are legit afraid of them and i don't think too many people are like that nowadays in wrestling where they can connect with the fans and people are like man you know this guy's the real deal like thoughts
2: well i think. For for instance, when it when it comes to him, it's kind of like, I mean, the guy's fucking died in the ring doing mm-hmm. what he love, right? Mm-hmm. Not only that, he's been a you know, crackhead, drug addicted, crazy man, been to prison, right? Mm-hmm. And then robbed a the bank and is a professional wrestler and does these insane matches. It's like here's a guy who lives his gimmick. It's not like some rapper who's college educated, uh, you know okay. what I mean has his rhymes written for him acting gangster you know what I mean you know, and I think there's a million of them out there that I don't need to point anybody out but I think that's what connects you it's, like, it's kind of like why people are fans of bands Like I loved Motorhead and I loved Lemmy because Lemmy was the real fucking deal and if anybody had the pleasure of meeting him you would know that that dude was rock and roll personified fuck Elvis Presley Lemmy Killmeister. that was rock and roll Okay, for a lot longer than Elvis Presley and consistent. Mm. So, and I think that's kind of what he's got. He's like, he's like a Keith Richards or a Lemmy or uh, a Freddie Mercury. I mean, you know, or somebody like that iconic guy. And but he, he, he's his his, his ceiling is only reached by attainable by him. There's no, mm. no, there's nobody that I can think of. Maybe June Kasai, maybe Ito maybe a few others, but they don't also have the, the bank robbing <laughs> robbery charge. Yeah. They don't have these things. I mean, because it's it's not that hard to believe in him because what has happened to him is true. So I don't think it's all that far of a stretch. I think if, if there's anybody that you're going to connect with in wrestling or in or something like that, if you'd like to be entertained, it would be that guy. Yeah, you know, I can great.
3: agree with that. It definitely brings the believability like right up, right up into your face. You know, it's, it's, there's no way around it. You know, if you've done an ounce of research on the guy uh, as large, just point out all the things, but I mean, if you just know a little bit about the guy that believability is all there. And I think that you you need less of imagination, right. To believe it. But Hey, we, if we go back to the eighties or even before that, you know,
1: I think a Nick Gage would be totally portrayed as a heel. That same character, it just, you know, uh, he he has that badass and people like that badass, you know, persona nowadays. But
0: I was going to just say that he kind of reminds me of the hardcore version of Dusty Rhodes where he just connects with the people yeah. because mm. you know, uh he struggled, he's overcome it. He's you know, some wrestlers you just know have the big house and nice cars and you don't really feel like you connect with Nick Gage I feel like I might drive a better car than he does and that's not an insult but it's just saying that I I feel like I could connect with him because I you know I yeah
3: what kind of car do you drive Dennis
0: E15 Edge
3: Oh a, a what
0: Edge Ford Edge Ford Edge a Ford
3: Edge okay yeah, okay yeah.
0: okay so I I but I I feel like And just kind of like Dusty wrote, where in the 80s... I'm pretty
2: sure Nick Gage has stolen better cars than you.
1: (laughs) He's probably broken. I'm glad Lars said something. I was like,
3: well, how are we just going to let this slide? that He just threw out Ford Edge right there.
2: (laughs) I'm going to let him know where you live. (laughs) Fine, (laughs) bring him over. I'll I'll give him a a bed. I mean, and also, and I think the, the connectability also is that people like me who come up the way I come up or whatever it is, I'm not trying to say... That I'm anything or anything, but th- that guy is a guy I grew up with. He he was th- the guy that was a little bit more insane than everybody else who was yeah. thought I was insane, yeah. and and but so everybody I think has that kind of guy in their life. Or if you had a teen, uh, you know, if you had an experience in, in your teens like I did, you would go, oh, that reminds me of Rob Culver, or you know, you get what I'm saying. So benzenato or whatever it is you know yeah all right i I agree
0: here's a fan question that we all can answer and it's a two-parter and i'll start with johnny on this one how would you rate the forbidden door so far and the second part is give me one non-superstar wrestler from one promotion you think could be a superstar in another because of the forbidden door
3: gosh yet
0: i know you're welcome
3: <laughs> well, first of all, I'm not gonna sit here and pretend I know what the fuck the forbidden door is and insult everybody. What the fuck is the forbidden door? Oh,
1: okay. So it's it's the door, so you know how
3: <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs>
1: it's a door. Wait, That's, it. That's it. That's all you the did. Little yeah. fucking door. Uh, I want to hear this. It's,
3: it's a door. It's a literal fucking door.
1: <laughs> it, it is kind of it is kind of i get. I guess it Some is kind of, of an insider. Go through it. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, all the cross promotions happening now, like Kenny Omega is the impact world champion. Like yep. that's a forbidden door. Like you weren't allowed back, you know, just a few years ago, if you're under contract with one company, you work for that company. That's it. So oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now the promotions, that's... we'll call it, that's the Forbidden okay. door.
3: Okay. That makes a lot more sense to me. <laughs> Thank you. for. So I guess his
1: question is, what do you think of the forbidden door? And I guess if one guy that's not really a superstar in one com- uh, company, like not a main eventer, if he went to the across the forbidden door, cross promotion, would he be a star in another company? Who do you think that would
3: be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the first que- the first part of the question, I think I think it's awesome. Uh I, I'm not super familiar with all of that uh ins and outs, but um definitely the cross promotions you mentioned with Kenny Omega and uh and just the, the New Japan stuff that I see a lot of AEW working with. And yeah. I remember, I remember when that was happening in the mid nineties with WCW too. Yeah. So I'm glad to see that coming back. So I think that was, that was a really cool thing. Also some of the, the AAA a uh, stuff down, down South um, coming into the bigger promotions, like an AEW. I think that's great. It's great for wrestling fans. You're getting to see, it, it it gives you an opportunity to see matches. Like we were just talking about before we recorded tonight with Chris Jericho and Nick cage, you know, there's, there, there's or gauge, you know, there's um, a lot of fantasy booking that can happen now because they're allowing that like, Oh, what would ever happen if this guy from this promotion, this guy from this promotion got in a ring. So as a wrestling fan, I love it because they're, they're, they're giving us a lot of those, uh, a lot of those bookings as far as guys, uh that i that i would think going on i'm going to leave that to you experts because to be honest i i only watch what i watch and i can't tell you like i don't want to lie to everyone here and come up with some fucking and be like oh yeah this guy who was on my show i don't know so i'm just gonna say like uh i'll, I'll leave it to you guys on on somebody who's up and coming pete
1: uh i, I mean just recently at slam i think we had like uh i think we counted i was backstage and we're like hey how, how do we promote this how many companies are on this pay-per-view right now. I think it was like up to five or something, uh, five different companies. So that was like almost the, I don't know if that's a record or whatever. Um, I would say somebody, you know, I want to say like a Jay White, but he's already a superstar in uh, new Japan. You know what I mean? But when he entered the impact zone, like it was like, it was off the hook and well, Dennis, you were there. I was
0: there. I went crazy when he,
1: yeah. And it's like was happening. Yeah. So man, I think, I think it's a treat when anybody uh, goes cross promotes there, man, you know, moose, I think moose, moose see another one. He's already a star in impact. If he went to AEW, I think he'd be a star in new Japan, all that kind of stuff. Um, Man, that's a great question. I would yeah, say that's a great me, question.
0: Maybe Trey Miguel going to AEW would would really really put him on a different level. Yeah. Even with the open door I'm kind of thinking more New Japan. I you know I I'm going to say this I'm going to feel like a tool because he's been on the podcast but I'd love to see Rocky Romero show up and do more elsewhere because he's he's not a big star. He's kind of a mid-level wrestler but Gosh darn it, he's better than what his social standing in wrestling
2: is.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I man, I gotta think about Lars. Do you have uh, anything in mind?
2: Well, I mean, well, just repeat the question for me one time because I was really intensely listening and thank you for your honesty.
1: Um, so, um, so pretty much it's, uh, you know, Forbidden Door asked about that. We already, you know, if you want to reiterate how you feel about the Forbidden Door. But yeah. if you had a, a guy that's maybe not like main event level, like maybe mid Carter. Yeah. Uh, if you might throw a forbidden door somewhere to another promotion. Oh,
2: gotcha. You, gotcha. You, got you.
1: Well, like, yeah.
2: Okay. So the forbidden door thing is five star.
1: I think it's amazing.
2: I think it's done nothing, but it's made me re I'm super excited about wrestling. Like I haven't been in a long time and, you Great know, team. we don't on this, on this podcast, we never really bag on shit, you know, but I will say that being Uh, sort of force fed a lot of the the, uh, certain company you just kind of it was kind of like it kind of was like almost a turnoff like you kind of could expect it all now there's like this it's kind of like what we were talking about is it fake or whatever that question like there's that suspension of disbelief like there's something to be excited about and seeing guys doing cross promotions like kenny omega could be a superstar anywhere Mm -hmm, the problem is is that if he went up north, he'd probably get squashed. And everything that we love about Kenny Omega, we would no longer recognize him, right? And it almost would have to reinvent himself. It's kind of thing with CM Punk, same thing, Daniel Bryan Danielson or whatever, Daniel Bryan, whatever. And then they all come back and it's like, you take a guy like Malachi, Mm -hmm. who's the best thing that he ever did is go to AEW because now I am waiting for that guy to pop up on my screen because he's just a natural talent, right? And so I won't give away the AEW. But anyway, so I think that there's guys who are maybe mid level in uh, up north who are now going to be super duper stars everywhere else. I mean, uh, like Ruby Soho, yep. ex Ruby Riot. She's going to be at watch. It's going to blow up for her, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I and I look at Cody Rhodes. I mean, there's another guy. And then I know that you know those are guys that you know either have been around for a while, but a new guy, I would say. I mean, Moxie is another one that came over and just became like, yeah. you know. I mean, so.
1: It's, and, but it's they, really tough it, to think it, of like somebody, because even if they're on the mid card, any promotion, in that promotion as well, they can, you know. I would if they're on that like, cusp, you know.
2: Right, but if you think about the young bucks, okay. Yeah. I mean, they're huge in AEW, but they could go up north and I think... But see, that's the thing. It's like when, when you say the forbidden door, I'm not thinking about the WWE. I'm thinking about yeah. Impact, AEW, New Japan, mm-hmm. GCW, uh, Ring of Honor, mm-hmm. NWA. You know, those. I, that's what I see as the forbidden door now, because now you got, got like Cardona going to GCW. When's the fucking hardcore belt? Like... yeah. What the F, you know what I mean? And yeah. so you have all these like things that are happening now. Now you're wondering, well, Cardona just won the GCW belt. Does that mean that game changer, you know, now we're seeing Nick gauge on AEW. Oh. So, you know what I mean? Are we seeing now somebody coming to impact because Cardona, did he sign the contract with impact? Right.
1: I yeah. Mean, so yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's so, he's- but do you understand what I'm saying? Like this, this
2: is endless. Somebody, the historians are going to look back at this time. And this is the golden age part two. I mean, or part three, you know, Ricky Morton will say it was the eighties. You know what I mean? And then gorgeous George would say it was the forties and fifties. And now we got all this happening. It's like, this is the third golden age of wrestling. I mean, there is so much talent. There is so much room to do, be so creative. It's like to be a fan. It, I don't even feel inundated anymore by wrestling. I feel like I'm excited. I can't wait to see what else is going to happen because there's always these twists and turns. You know,
3: I couldn't agree more, man. It is such a good time to be a wrestling fan right now. It's with all that you, you just nailed it, Lars. All those crossovers and everything—it's just—it's so fucking cool. It, and
0: it, and it turns you on to other promotions because there's been guys mm-hmm. pop up. I'm like, who's this guy? And then I go down this whole rabbit hole of you know. Was it PWG for an hour and a half? And I'm looking at stuff I would never imagine watching, because it, like like Game Changer. I didn't know much about Game Changer until what six months ago. Until Gage really started popping up on my radar, and then uh, who who's the guy we had? Joey Janelle. He you know he does stuff with them, and then I really started watching them over the last few months on uh, Fight TV. I love Game Changer wrestling. Yeah, well, I, it's yeah. Go ahead, sorry, Pete.
1: Yeah, no, same thing. And I think we watched it together, Dennis, because we were like, there was a lot of guys we did not know. And we we're like, man, who is this man? What's the ninja guy's name? Ah, I can't remember. But we were, I was like, man, this guy's freaking awesome. You know, like, and it just, it opens up and I'm like, these guys can be stars, man. So I, I see good things for GCW. I, I well, This Cordona thing, I really think helped him, helped them as much as people didn't want him to win the belt. That's perfect. It was beautiful. Per- it was beautiful. Perfect. Awesome. it was
2: so great i mean as much as i hated it and he came in so pretty boy wwf out or wwe out you know and, and said that like he's coming into fight gage and his in his uh street clothes and he comes in with like this purple the purple gloves and the whole thing like that's yeah, he's all he awesome. wears out in the street like he was just oh dude and then just because the, my buddy kevin gill does the commentary for for yes. game changer and and has for a long long time and he turned it, it turned that promotion on to me a couple of years ago and they not only do the death match stuff, but they'll have the high flyers tag team stuff. I mean, you know, they got everything for everyone. And I think that's important for a company because, and then you even look at the, uh, slam that, that match between Kenny and, and, um, what's his name? Yeah, Sammy. Yeah, That was like his hardcore. I mean, pizza cutter and fucking everything else. You I know, mean, the only thing that wasn't there was light tubes, but it was just as bloody.
1: Yeah. yeah. Pete. Uh, I don't know what we're talking about right now.
2: Yeah, thing was there a question? Yeah,
1: yeah is that a, was question? a question? <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> this, this question Miguel.
0: Here's a good one from Miguel. Miguel okay. wants to know who's your favorite interview you've conducted with of a wrestler so far. And we've all had shows. Uh Johnny, I know you've you've interviewed wrestlers. Uh mm-hmm. we'll start with Petey though. Out of all the interviews we've done, who's your favorite?
1: You know, I really liked Uncle Jeff. Uh, Jeff Jerry.
0: yeah,
1: it's probably because what, I, I think it was like our first one, wasn't yeah. it? Uh, I think that's when we decided, and maybe that's why it was so memorable. I think that's when we decided, like, maybe we should start having guests on, but we didn't want to be like everybody else and have guests and stuff. But, I, uh, yeah, okay. And I, and that was right before he went to the WWE Hall of Fame. And I was surprised he said yes, but he's like, pd of course I will. Uh, I don't even remember what we talked about or anything, probably the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, but that was one of my favorites, man. Great question. Uh, Man, I don't know, man. I mean, I I like the Maya. I always like when we do the interviews, I'm like, man, this was so much fun and stuff. And then I get forward. I look forward to next week and man, I don't know. Lars. I'd probably
2: say uh, Willie Mack was super fun
1: oh yes yeah. and you're going to bring up a bunch of names right now that i'm oh, like oh yes no, I, I am totally yeah. forgot
2: about that because <laughs> see i haven't gotten hit in the head as much as you have been yeah. so I yeah mean- only twice and remember, only i see twice. these guys all the time too and i'm
1: you know <laughs> i ask these guys i'm like hey you want to be on my podcast or like pd i was on it last week and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> but i just
2: i remember kurt angle when we had kurt angle on i wasn't into that and one you now. oh well do you remember that? You could kind oh, of tell, chicken like, snacks. <laughs> yeah, the chicken snacks. Okay. But you could kind of tell, like, he was like, Kind of unsure about what was going on, you know, and he's like, he's thinking to himself, okay, this is going to be twenty minutes, and I'm out, you know what I mean? Like that, at least that's the feeling I got because I've had those experiences. And I'm just like, oh fuck, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so I have no
3: then, idea what you're. I have no idea what you're talking about, Lars. Yeah. I have no idea what talking about. <laughs> yeah, you do, you're talking
1: you are laughing. <laughs> he's on it now. This
2: is this <laughs> yeah. Is moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um. <laughs> But just, and then an hour later, like he's, he doesn't even want to leave. You know what I mean? So that was fun. But I mean, you know, like you said, PD, it's like, I feel like anytime that we get somebody on, you know, Eric Young was great. Great. Um, man, um, So great. So, yeah, but I'm sure you've run a lot across a lot of people, bro. So like, who's your favorite?
3: Um, It's hard to pin down a favorite. Like, I'm sure you guys are having trouble with right now because you know, you, you love all these guys and you're, you're thankful to come on the show and you have a good time with them. Um, there was some of the hall of famers I had like uh, McFoley, um, uh, Godfather, not too long ago was awesome. Got to talk about the Raiders, which I loved. Um, and uh, yeah, buddy. And uh, but, and then like becoming good friends with Darby has been really cool. So I, I'm kind of partial to that one, but I have to go back to like my first wrestler, was Jake the snake Roberts on the show oh man and uh, that was right when I started doing this thing and I had no idea what I was doing and he was luckily here in Huntington Beach doing his uh, his stand-up or his uh, storytelling stuff he did two nights over here and I drove out to the first night checked it out and then the next morning we went to his hotel and did like a little video in the lobby and we were like this is the lobby okay it's a smaller lobby and we we're like all right where are we gonna set up the the it was such a weird, random experience because our now producer of the show is just a buddy of mine. And he's like, hey, Jake the Snake Roberts is going to be in town. You want me to reach out to him and see if he'd you do your podcast? This is just one of my barbecue friends. Like, he <laughs> has a normal job. He, like, works for Edison, has a normal fucking job. I'm like, like, yeah, sure, buddy. Go get Jake the Snake to be on my podcast. That's really going to fucking happen. <laughs>
4: yeah. And the
3: next thing I know, he's like, dude, I got, I got a response. Jake's down. I'm all no fucking way. And I then and I'm super green at the time, like just figuring out podcasting in general. So it was I was just sitting there like dumbfounded trying to trying to talk to Jake the Snake Roberts. I'm new to the being on this side of the microphone, and I'm like, let's go. But it ended up being so much fun. And uh yeah, we had some we had some fucking funny stories uh when the cameras weren't rolling too. So that was that was a lot of fun.
0: Boy, I might have to say MJF.
3: Oh, Dude, that you guys had MJF on here. I love that guy.
1: (laughs) Yes, I totally forgot about that one. That was so great. Wow, I
3: love that guy's character. Yeah, that's what that's one of my favorite characters going on right now.
1: I'll get him booked for your podcast. I'd love
3: to have him. That'd be fantastic. I'm actually going out to uh, AEW when they're in uh, Pittsburgh in in a few weeks. Okay, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be going out there. I texted Tony, and uh, I'm gonna go out there and hopefully get some of the guys on the roster. uh,
1: Just texted Tony. I know, Shivani, <laughs> right? Not Khan.
3: <Con. laughs> I don't have Tony Shivani's number yet, but I hope to get it after I meet him in Pittsburgh. <laughs> he actually did a promo. So Tony Khan was on the show and I asked, uh, we reached out and I was like, Hey, you think Tony Shivani would do the promo for us? Like just a voiceover. And you know, I was like, dude, it's like the voice of my childhood watching WCW this is fucking awesome. And I actually got him to say, we all hail Johnny Christ in total full, Old Tony Shavani uh, uh, voice, nice. so that was a really cool moment. But I'm that's I'm really it. looking we're not, forward.
2: That's it. We're getting David Crockett to do this one. It's gonna yeah. be beef. You know what I mean?
3: Oh, <laughs> uh, dude, we should totally start that podcast beef. <laughs> Let's get a whole storyline going. People yeah. won't fucking believe it. We're just <laughs> we're just gonna bring this the wrestling psychology to podcasting. That'd yeah, be that'd be brilliant. sick.
0: We should be like we should treat it like baseball cards. Be like, I'll trade you MJF if you trade.
3: <laughs> we should do a game, dude. We should like gamble, and we have to like gamble like as if we have any control over these people's lives or something. <laughs> like, yeah, they're, they're like, dude, I'm not going on that fucking podcast.
1: <laughs> they're listening right now. Like, wait, what do you mean, Peter? You're gonna get, you're, you're gonna get me on that podcast? <laughs> Arrogant that. motherfucker. We'll also-
0: never air this show. He's <laughs> <laughs> also taking a ten percent booking fee for it. You- yeah, <laughs> I do, I do. But uh, um. yeah, uh, Rich Swan, he was always a fun interview for us. Uh, man, I, I, you know, I'm not going to mention names. I maybe one or two that I wasn't impressed with, but no names, at least on the air. But I think every interview we've done, we've all, when they pop off, we've all oh. kind of said, "Holy cow, that was really mm-hmm. good."
1: Yep. Yeah. I, the yeah. still talks to me every week about, uh, he loves being on the podcast. He's like, it was so easy. He's like, you guys don't even ask questions. You just say statements. And I'm like, well, that's not true. You just take an hour to answer every question. And yeah. you, and, you, and so,
2: then not only do you not, do he doesn't not even answer, answer the, the question. question. Yeah. You fucking dodge it. You yeah. take an hour to fucking dodge it. Yeah. <laughs> like, so. If
1: they can't, if you don't say it, they can't print it. Yeah. <laughs> That's
3: exactly what the more says. I think we've I think we've all had to fucking learn that hard hard truth over the years. Oh my lord!
2: Oh my lord!
3: That's why I started doing the podcast. To be honest, like part of it, I was like, dude, I'm tired of fucking all these journalists trying to do the gotcha shit. And I don't. It's not a personal attack on them. It's I understand the business behind it. They got an editor saying this, go out and do that. But well, you you guys have all been on that side. Those, it's, it's
2: not fun. I'll just say it all. Fuck them all. You know, fuck them all. You know what I mean? So it's, uh,
3: yeah, it just makes it boring. I I honestly don't think like, I love this kind of chat. Like this is like you getting to know like the real people, if someone who's listening to a fan of any of us or any of you guys here, you know, it's like, you're getting the real you, you're not getting some monotonous questions that you've answered 10,000 times. And just like, that's not fun for the interviewer. That's not fun for me. And by well, and by yeah. virtue, I don't think it's fun for the spectator either. Obviously. this
2: is the first time like Rancid hasn't done like an official interview in like fifteen years or something mm-hmm. crazy. Just because it just it's just like what's the what's the point? It's going to be the same shit, you know, just a different album, you know. Mm-hmm. That's all. So, but whatever.
3: I'd rather speaking of Rancid though, real games. quick, yes. you're gonna be you're gonna be in uh, my neighborhood in October. You're That's be right. At the uh, the galaxy, I think it's called the. It's called something else now.
2: Well, if you're in town, please come and be my guest.
3: I would love to, and, uh, and I will we'll take make you it up happen. On that. And then that den- really get much.
2: get get my number from Dennis. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
3: Cool. Okay. I wasn't, right. I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't fishing, but uh, if 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 you if I got you on the hook, I'll take it.
2: Oh no, no, it's, it's easy. <laughs> I mean, it's mutual <laughs> respect, my friend. Mutual respect. Appreciate it. Appreciate it.
3: Are you guys? And I'm touring? sure my kids. What? Yeah. Yeah. Are you guys touring? Yeah. No, we just announced some uh dates we got going on uh next summer. Uh we're gonna be doing some of the you know the you're familiar with the European festival routes out there um in the summertime. So we're starting to confirm some of those festivals that are happening. Um and then I'm sure as time goes on we'll we'll start filling those in around there. Um right now that's looking like the earliest we're gonna be out. Um maybe we might we might try and get our sea legs back before we head over there, you know, with a couple of warm up things, but that we've been throwing around ideas for, but in general, it's it's looking like uh, summer of next year. Awesome.
0: All right, I, there's like three questions I have to ask that are on this that are really good. Uh, so let let's let's power through some of them before we wrap this up, okay. guys. Uh, Mark wants to know what's the last wrestling show you watched?
1: Impact Wrestling on Thursday. Not even the whole show. Well, sure.
3: like what? Are, yeah, what are they? I mean i guess live like like live or is it just count on tv i mean i'm I'm the last thing you you consumed oh i i I just watched uh like like before we started this i just watched uh aew and saw uh, cash uh get bust open
1: his arm or whatever
3: yeah yeah that's that's the last thing i saw
1: lars
2: um well last live show i saw was about two months ago down in san jose they did a little like uh uh they got a little promotion they got little indie promotions all around the bay area so which is great for me because i love indie wrestling but um so i saw that that was the last live event that's right before um all of the mask stuff kind of came off okay so Mm -hmm. and and it was very sparsely attended and everybody had to keep distance and whatever but, but it was cool and then like you johnny like uh aew tonight and i was i was in the middle of uh, the Gage Jericho match,
3: so
2: mm. I'm I'm kind of waiting to get back to that one.
3: Yeah. So yeah. wrap
2: this fucking up, Jim.
3: <laughs> I was gonna say, let's get the fuck <laughs> going. <laughs> my my is fucking half empty. Let's fucking go. <laughs> uh,
0: I I have to agree with Pete. Mine would be the anniversary tapings, uh, which were amazing, and just getting to meet some of the and and actually talk with some of the guys we've had on the podcast amazing aiden english was or matt was phenomenal uh very nice to me uh you know the one guy i left feeling like i could be best friends with was uh uh juice robinson that guy Mm. right there uh he he because i talked to him two or three different times and he's like dude i can't wait to do your podcast pd's asked me once and uh i haven't heard back from him i don't want to ask him but, yeah, I have to
1: get his number. He doesn't have any social media. I don't know how to contact the guy. Like smoke signals? Like what? I, I don't know. Like What, do what has this do world nowadays? come to?
3: You have no idea how to reach someone without social media? I know. Like, seriously. Aren't you, don't you guys like are in the same industry or something? Yeah. You <laughs> yeah. guys have like yeah. a manager calls a manager, yeah. calls a manager. Yeah. I don't yeah. know.
1: I talked to him in person. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll get your number before I leave. Like we do that like for three days in a row. And I'm just like, I never got your number. <laughs> I don't Uh, know. I don't know why we do that.
0: All right. Here's another great question. Who had the strongest 2021 edge or Christian? Ooh. Yeah. I I know that question popped up. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going
2: to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to start this one off. I'm going to say Christian. Yeah. I think he made a way bigger impact. I think edge like obviously is carrying that company right now. I think they needed a guy like him. And I think AEW signing Christian, it was, I think they're equal in my eyes. Cause I've always still, I still see them as a tag team. I I, I can't, because they, they just were phenomenal.
3: I think, I think most of us do.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, but I think, but so, and I think they're equally as powerful, but in different ways, you know, edge is just, you know, obviously purely, you know, his charisma is different than Christian's. But it's it's equally the, the 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 gravity of each of them can affect like what Christian's doing for AEW is right on point. What Edge is doing for for WWE
1: is expected. How about that? Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, I I would say I would Christian. One, yeah.
0: I would go one step further and say Christian cannot be the personality or who he is in the same company as Edge because he will always be. Yeah under edge's shadow and in order for Christian to be successful, he had to go to an AEW to do it because no matter how hard he would try in WWE. And we saw when he went to TNA, you know, he just never quite got that, that his wheels were spinning in the WWE while edge excelled. And then he went to TNA and he became, you know, the instant classic and, and became his own guy there. What about you, uh, Johnny?
3: Um, I'm going to be the contrarian on the, on the talking head show here right now. And, uh, I'm going to say edge made a bigger impact in 2021. Um, so far it's not over yet. We're talking 2021 now, right? Yes. 2021. Okay. Yeah. It's not over yet. So I think it's a little premature, but I think right now it's, it's a little, little bit going that way for the edge, but I think by the end of it, if I'm honest, I think it'll go, uh, Christian's way. Um, especially getting into 2022. I think that that character is just really the, the outwork everyone character right now is just really starting to get on its way. I feel like, and uh, I'm interested to see where it goes. Um, I got to be honest right here. I wasn't the biggest fan of him teaming up with uh, with the Jurassic team. Um, Jurassic oh, express. Yeah.
4: Um,
3: so far, I still don't know what's going to happen there. Obviously as a fan. Um, I didn't think he, ne- I, I kind of liked him on his own with that, with that character saying, I'm going to outwork everyone. You kind of want that guy to be a lone ranger in my, in my opinion. Um, so, but we'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, um, not critiquing it too hard. I, I think by the end of it, he will be, I will agree with you at the end, but right now I'm, I'm still, I'm leaning a little towards edge.
2: But well, I will say on the personal side, those two guys are two of the funniest motherfuckers I've ever had the pleasure to hang out. Oh yeah. And they're, they got a great sense of humor and they're like the Laurel and Hardy. And it's so funny how they were, you can tell that they know each other so intimately and just being around them and watching how they joke with each other. And then they bring other people into their joke. I mean, they're very humble dudes. I will say, and they have, both of those dudes have my respect, but they're funny dudes. They're
0: funny Uh. guys. I hope so I get an opportunity
3: to see that. Yeah, I hope I get an opportunity to uh, in, uh, have that experience as well.
0: Oh, They just, i love listening to these stories because I turn into a kid going.
3: You talked to Edgy Christian? Yeah.
0: You know, you know who was great
2: was Mark Mark Henry, is another dude that was super super funny. I I don't know. I yeah. thought he was funny anyways, and he's just a big dude, you know. But he
3: he's funny. Well, well What's your brand of humor? I need to know before I I, I see him. It's very dirty. It. Okay.
2: Very, okay, I think very, I, I
3: think it'll I think I think I'll follow just fall in imagine mind.
2: imagine it's like a firehouse or a backstage. It's gonna be the same sense of humor.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it'll be just fine. Yeah, you'll be fine. <laughs> You're gonna
2: do well. You're gonna excel.
0: <laughs> 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 Love it. All right. Last question. We'll wrap this up uh, and say our goodbyes off the air. If you had to channel one wrestler on stage when you perform, who would it be Woo!
3: Well, yeah, that's that's the answer already (laughs) to be the man Um, shit. Well, you stole a really good one. That's a I mean, flair would be a fucking good one. But I don't know, man, for for me, there's definitely some moments that kind of embarrassing to look back at. I've you've had, had some, some wannabe. you tr- had
2: some Repo Man moments on there, brother. Yeah,
3: <laughs> no, I didn't say Repo Man Lars. I didn't say I wasn't <laughs> fucking. I wasn't sneaking around by my fucking drummer. Did, but did you, know, you go? I,
2: I, did you go Sebastian Booger or Gooberty Gawker <laughs> or whatever the fuck that thing was for Thanksgiving? Whatever. Uh, go no, no, no,
3: Gooker. Gobbledygooker. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um.
3: Very no, helpful. but I've 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 had moments where like even like one of our best friends that's uh, worked with us for a long time. We used to have these like risers, and this was probably ten years ago, and they're at the front of the stage. And stand up, like, and there's a part where you know, I'm not playing. I hit one note and ring it out and throw it behind my back, and then I just like pulled one of these like fucking taker moments, and I just went and like and like like I was just owning it and my buddy is over there what the fuck did you just do were you dead serious when you did that because I didn't I wasn't thinking I just like went up there and I just fucking did it and I and I was it was it was a very funny moment so I guess I guess that's me answering I would I would channel the taker up there I'm being honest
0: come on next performance if neither one of you guys do the PS Michael Hayes thing I'm oh
2: shit yeah (laughs)
3: I kind of do that. No. Yeah. See. I'm gonna. I'm gonna Check have to ask. Out. I'm gonna have to ask uh, uh, M Shadows to do that. I think he, all eyes on him on our stage. So let's let's get <laughs> let's get him to do it.
0: What about you, Pete? Would you channel yourself? That's lame.
1: <laughs> that is lame.
3: I gotta
0: do that all the
1: time. <laughs> <laughs> I channel. Like, yeah, Pete, you're
2: lame. So lame. <laughs> what
1: the oh, watch out, Petey Williams is channeling Petey Williams.
2: <laughs> oh, that's so lame.
1: How how original. Yeah. Yeah. Uh no, I guess- oh, look at
2: it. It's Petey Williams channeling Big Papa Pump. <laughs> yeah, there you oh, go. Dude. that
1: would Thanks be awesome the to see that.
3: That would be good, dude.
1: Hey, you know what? Also I gotta say, well, this is pre-recorded, so whatever. But yeah, homecoming <laughs> was awesome. I'd love doing that Steiner thing on, on Saturday, uh, you know, July 31st. That was great. So um, <laughs> yeah. Uh I get it would probably be like an orange <laughs> Cassidy or something. I'd love to like just be able to go. I don't want to, I don't have to do anything <laughs> in this ring right now, except for put my hands in my pocket and be super lazy and that just is get so the biggest reaction. Awesome. I'm like, I would love to be able to channel that just to stand there and like, place go nuts. So.
3: Can we talk about how him? brilliant that is though? Like to come up and, and create that character. Like when I saw that someone was telling me about it uh, when he was in the independent circuit before. And I was like, wait, he just puts his hands in his fucking pockets. I don't understand why that's cool. And then yeah. I saw it. When he finally when he went over to AEW and I was like, "This is pretty. This is a brilliant gimmick, guys." Like, at, because he's also doing some cool shit without his hands some of the times too. Like he'll do a couple rolls and stuff. And yep, and it's, it's well, he's it's,
2: it's a legit gimmick. amazing wrestler. I mean, he was yeah. trained by all those lucha guys, you know. Totally.
3: So, yeah. yeah. It went. I and to your point there, Lars, I don't think it works if it, if he's not a great athlete as well. You know, it's it's definitely you he, he, he have to be that kind of guy, and he really is. I and mean, I fucking I love it. was doing the little dance last week was pretty fucking funny. Yeah. I like that. yeah
2: well, I mean, I live in San Francisco, so it's like you know there's hipsters fucking You can't throw a rock without hitting one in the head. at least that's what I try to do on a daily basis. But <laughs> so like I kind of could get the gimmick right there that that's what he's kind of being, like that you know, kind of whatever. I'm gonna wear this ironic t-shirt because. It's a cat, and I'm allergic to cats, and it's ironic. So, you know, on my fixie. So that's kind of how I feel about him. You know what I mean? Which works. I feel
3: like there's a. I feel like there's another pussy joke from last week coming uh, when you guys <laughs> had Tommy on the show. Oh, was that was that was that about how Petey? Uh, oh, oh yeah, it was, Petey. It, was the, it was. the only fans. Yeah. Ah. Oh no, that's, oh, that's someone, right, someone gets excited. The only the only pussy that gets excited for Petey was there something along those lines? Uh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Oh yeah i I, blo- I blocked that one out man i was uh, I, had, I was in a blackout that night
3: he's like so, i was having a good time until johnny brought that back up i, I don't even what they i, I would, was
1: this last Do you remember when, you
2: no, yep, when we had malachi on
3: remember the oh, yeah
1: dude i and, i blew that I said, spot
2: yeah dude that was my biggest
1: blown spot on the podcast ever
2: dude, i'm sorry <laughs> i came at you like with the steiner line on that one too and i feel yeah. really bad that's you know,
1: Sorry, right. it was just a steiner line you pinned me for a two but let me up and did some push-ups and flex whatever man all right i think I, well i know that no, answer, Dennis, i
2: guess do i get to answer the question of who i actually channel on stage i
1: thought rick flair was it though he said that was the best oh, yeah. listen, I, well, listen look,
2: I have used rick flair quotes on my instagram posts and on and on the stage i've used dusty roads you know so uh, was it a wine and dine with kings and queens and sat on trains eating pork and beans or whatever, you know, that those, mm-hmm. you know, so I, you know, I just want to get that out there. I've been doing it for a long ass motherfucking time. Yeah. All
1: right. That's all I got roads. I, <laughs> 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 I
2: love it. I like to channel the Mountie because I feel Canadian when I'm up there. And- I, him. Uh, yeah, I, I am <laughs> him.
3: You got to Do you got to bring out the, the that old uh zapper that he had the, the oh the cattle the prodder, cattle prod or whatever yeah, it yeah, yeah. is like
1: <laughs> i vaguely I, I remember he didn't carry those that's ridiculous yeah i know
3: it was
2: it was <laughs> yeah so ridiculous. maybe it was just a, maybe it was in a in a, in a province
3: not, that wait, 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 wait. i'm, I'm that that so sorry i'm so sorry pd but that's the part that you find is ridiculous <laughs> yeah actually that's the legit uniform that's the legit
1: uniform right there like not joking Pete just "Like, I'll, I'll
3: take your word. I'll take your word for it because all <laughs> uh, my knowledge like ends uh, after Brendan Fraser played the played the Mountie. It wasn't the Mountie. It was what's that? Uh, what's Rockin', that old cartoon?
0: Was the Rocky and
1: Bullwinkle? Oh, uh, yeah. But there's a there's a spinoff
3: yes. from that from that cartoon that uh, Brendan Fraser was the act. He he did the live version of. But there was a cartoon. Yeah. What the fuck is his name? Wasn't there a movie called character. Mounties? It might have been. Was that the one I'm thinking of?" Maybe, it's, it's I a sp- mean... It's, it's a spin-off. It's from the cartoons. From It's a spin-off from Bo- Rocky and Bullwinkle, I believe.
2: I think you're right. I kind of vaguely remember that. That sounds about my era since I'm the oldest one here.
0: Well, let's see here. I'm Googling it now. He played Dudley Do-Right. Dudley Do-Right. That's Durite. the one. All right. right, right so, right.
3: yeah. but that, that, That's, I think that's he, my knowledge.
2: I think he, that was part of the Rocky and Bullwinkle show. Okay. That's right. That. Yeah. I, if I remember correctly, I could be wrong though. But I mean, you know, that was also like, no, Dudley
1: Do was, was going up. super stereotypical. Okay, the Mountie is spot on. That's the exact. That's the real deal. Just to let you know.
3: Except for the cattle prod.
1: Yeah. Except for that, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, a cattle, you're gonna go around taste. What's that's that so all about? Canadian?
3: What? What the fuck is that all about? Huh? <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah, cattle
2: prodding is so fucking un-Canadian. Like,
3: <laughs> if you could be
2: they n- would, most they would at canadian
3: They would at least have an apology written on it, right? Yeah. Like, oh, sorry. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I got to, yeah, whatever. Petey's actually getting mad now. I, I'm totally <laughs> <decent>. <laughs> no, I'm a... Look at Petey's
2: getting heated. He's getting all sweaty. What'd you guys say about
3: Nickelback? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hey, but just uh, so you know, hey. I the wanna... only
3: reason why I'm laughing though is because we're doing this virtually. If you're a person, I'd be like, sorry, bro. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> <totally>. yeah. That <laughs> that great
1: um, And I, I've admitted this before. This is the most like un-Canadian thing I did. The day I became an American citizen, I tweeted out for the whole world to know. I just said, I could finally say it. I fucking hate Nickelback. You know, I, I, I let everybody know. I'm like, I can say it now. Cause I, I'm not fully yeah, I'm American. So. Well, can I ask a question about Nickelback though?
2: Because they're at some point. Correct me if I'm wrong. They're like one of the biggest bands ever.
1: Mm -hmm. They are. Oh, they 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 their their one song was like ranked like the highest, uh, like time on air, like across whatever, like uh, how you remind me or whatever that had the most air time of all songs, like for that year or something like that.
2: I can't. I don't admit this is a good thing. I don't know anybody that has ever seen them. I've never, ever heard anybody in any of my peripheral anywhere. I feel wait, like. Wait, I wait. Are, you,
3: are you say? are you saying you believe them to be fictitious? Oh, well, I've never heard about them
2: ever playing. I've never seen an ad. I don't know anybody who's actually ever seen them. I've had this conversation with many people and I'm like wondering, like, is this band like, is this like like is this where is this like the Matrix where this band kind of pops in and pops out and you just don't know if you're in the right timeline to actually see them?
3: I'm that serious. I'm deep I, shit. No, no, no. no. Yeah. I like this. I like this a lot, Lars. I yeah, didn't know we were gonna really get good. into this, but I fucking <laughs> I love the timeline shit because I t- I'm a full believer in this. I, I not necessarily this theory that you're speaking of right now, but the the overall theme of if we're in the right time to experience certain things because it could be. Well, it's the wrong part of the loop it could be a little right. messed up
2: because i never see show adverts ever i only hear their music or see them and it's always like in europe it's never like in america because i don't think we, we would accept that that we are tolerate that band yeah,
1: but that's why we never see the ads they wouldn't have, advertise in america if, yeah the,
2: the only time i've actually, actually physically seen one of their videos i've been like in a t uh, it's like it's like late night and I'm jet lagged and I'm in some hotel, like in uh, Milan. And it's like, why is Nickelback on my screen all of a sudden? And like, I don't even know it's Nickelback until the end credits when it says who the band is. Right. But and then throughout my history of my, of my life, I don't know anybody who's ever actually physically went. I went and saw Nickelback and it was awesome or even mm-hmm. said that they've even been into a concert. Like, do, does anybody in this between the four of us know anybody who maybe has a friend who has seen this band?
0: I'm gonna go on a limb and say, Johnny, I'm sorry, man, but you strike me as a guy that probably had some run-ins with Nickelback.
3: Unfortunately, I oh, can't not I can't. even the same type okay. of music you, at all on the yeah,
0: podcast. No. We were out no
3: no no, no no, and I'm not no no no. It's 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 this not is all the genre. The genre might have been fuck, there might have been some overlappings at a time. I mean, they were had some big songs that, when we had our breaks uh in the mid two thousands, but um no, we never even this is what I'm talking about. Even it's those like festivals you, that like you like we were talking about earlier, Lars, like being on those being on those big festivals that you've literally dude, we, seen almost everybody. I played with fucking Hansen. I know they exist.
2: We, we played with the fucking Fujis and Immortal and Emperor
3: on the same fucking wow. show. Yeah. Okay,
2: in the middle of Norway. So you got like extreme black metal, the Fuji's and Rancid. And then the, the headline was the band. They were like EMD called the Orb or some shit. And I always remember that because that's how that was like 90 something or something like that. And you just were like, your mind was blown because you're like, this would never, this shit wouldn't fly in the USFA, you know what I mean? You'd yeah. never have this much. Now you do, which is great because the world is like Spotify. You know, one kid can like this band and like this band, like my kids love gangster rap and like, you know, fucking cannibal corpse and shit. So it's like, it's cool. And I'm glad they get exposed to it all, but to bring it back to fucking Nickelback, Besides trying to pin it off on Johnny, Dennis.
3: Okay. Oh Petey,
2: you're the I really fucking... didn't
3: like that, Dennis. I really didn't yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. That's
2: bullshit, Dennis. It's <laughs> fucking bullshit. That was insulting. Okay so Sorry, Petey, you're the Canadian guy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait a, see look at he's he's laughing now but he's fucking pissed I can tell I'm in a band too no. I know when he's pissed <laughs> This is like, the, like I mean, when you're pissed I'm not you, pissed this, You I'm know what? he's pissed. giving that laugh when the guitar player fucked up way too much and cuz he he had too many fucking uh, sake uh, okay. bombs Well okay, that, so- I'm,
3: I'm I'm more I'm more mad that he wasn't sharing but i yeah I, I get the point
2: but still i can tell the laugh so he is just <laughs> legit dennis Petey, come on you're the resident canadian nickelback you know,
1: i i've i'm trying to th- i know i probably have friends and family i've seen nickelback live i have not
2: that was I, such a canadian answer uh, friends and family
1: yeah friends and family <laughs> got i got you don't just have friends you have friends and family you're like paypal i know that um nickelback <laughs> like uh that chad uh chad kroger or i think that's just his name yes. Uh he played with uh the drummer from Our Lady Peace. They did like a collaboration for like Spider-Man or something, that hero song, whatever. And I've seen Our Lady oh, Peace. No. I know they exist, so I'm just trying to put two and two together. I'm like, well, that I know then that drummer exists. So and he played with the Nickelback guy, so Nickelback gotta exist, maybe.
3: So then I the really drummer Spider-Man Man thing. Uh, it,
1: it, oh, it was I think it was called Hero. It
3: was Hero. Yeah, was that Our uh, Lady Spider-Man Peace? With,
1: are the are the drummer from Our Lady Peace? they form like a. Uh, yeah, was it
3: wasn't there like a member of Saliva in there too? Maybe. Yeah, he. Uh,
1: uh, yeah, he he sang as well. They they both sang and play guitar. Um,
0: it was on the Toby Maguire one of the Toby Maguire Spider. It was shows. yeah, it was one of those yeah.
3: ones. Well, so let me I, ask
2: a question: Is that the genre? Is that like Our Lady Peace and Saliva and Nickelback? Is that like the crew like Nirvana? You know, no. Soundgarden. So, I don't Nickel- know.
3: I don't. I don't. I think Nickelback is on their own in that one. If uh, Saliva was a little bit more like a uh, harder, they're
2: either like yeah, yeah.
3: they're kind of like 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 yep. uh, like Seether, like before Seether started doing their thing. Yep. Um, I think Seether, we've done tours with them of great songs. So, so I mean, I don't I really listen to Saliva, but I, I really like Seether. Shit, so,
0: an Gosh. art lady piece would be kind of a little bit heavier than like Radiohead.
1: That's a good okay. way to put it. Yeah. Okay. unless uh, select- Heavier than
3: Radiohead? Uh, like even like around the fur heavier? No. Uh,
1: Waist. Yeah,
3: around the fur is pretty heavy.
4: Yeah.
1: uh Our Lady Peace is more like, man, it's hard. When I think Our Lady Peace, I think that's the the Canadian, almost the Canadian grunge sound. Like that's that's how a Canadian band should sound like. I know that's weird, but okay, that's how I think of when I think of Our Lady Peace. All right.
2: Well this this spun off, didn't it? Yeah,
1: I don't know what the question was.
2: <laughs> was there a question? Oh, who, do you, again? who do you who do you who do you channel when you <laughs> were on stage? Yeah.
1: So PD, <laughs> it's obviously Nickelback. <laughs> it, it's definitely Nickelback. <laughs> obviously. I love them so much. Hey, hey, I want to be a rock star. <laughs> there you go.
0: All right. Let's let's wrap this up. Uh Johnny, outside of uh drinks with Johnny, where can people find you?
3: Um Shit, that's a great question. Most of it's just Drinks with Johnny right now. I have uh, one social media is Johnny Christ official on Instagram. The rest of it, though, is is where I'm really at, or where our team's at, I'm doing a great job uh, making us known because I don't know how to handle that social media shit. I post shit with me and my kid. The other guy does the good stuff. Yeah. Um, But uh, other than that, just Drinks with Johnny, then Johnny Christ official, I guess. That's it. That's all I got today.
0: Pete, where can people find you?
1: No, every Thursday night on Impact Wrestling Access TV or Twitch, uh, 8 p.m. Uh, or, or oh, I'm sorry, uh, at IPDWilliams.com, IPDWilliams dot, dot I, I on Twitter or on Instagram. Uh, yeah.
2: Lars? Uh, you know, like I'll say it before and I'll say it again, I don't want people to find me. Well, <laughs> hey, I disagree because they need to go to Lars's locker. Yeah, because they gotta buy my shit. And yeah, there like, you go. That's whoa, a, you know, whoa, whoa, wait, okay.
3: whoa, wait. What the fuck is Lars's locker? Okay. And how are they, and do you have shit that you're actually selling? Or are you just yeah. like?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I like I, I sell a lot of like I, I'm, a, I'm a collector, right? And I, and I like comic books, toys, wrestling-related stuff, punk rock-related stuff, some of my old clothes. You know, if people want it; they can get it. You know, I just I, I kind of just wanted to kind of get rid of it because I've saved everything. You know what I mean? And now I'm at a point in my life where I'm like, you know, after my mom passed, like cleaning up after her was like a pain in the ass, you know, so and God bless her. But or, you know, uh, you know as she's up in Valhalla because she was a pagan and a heathen. And she told me that. So I wouldn't say God bless her. So um, I decided like, well, fuck, I got all this shit. You know what I mean? And I need to get rid of it. So I don't want to just give it away to, you know, so fucking sell it. It's like a garage sale at my house, but you're not invited.
3: I, I love I love how inviting that was at the end. Like it was really good, and then it was just you're not fucking invited. <laughs> like you're I just such a good a a heel. Shit, Johnny, you are Johnny. such I a fucking good a heel, Lars. I know, but I've I this is why down, I grew man. up I just this is just again reiterating why I grew up loving you so much. It was oh, fucking awesome.
2: No, but honestly, I am a super nice person, and 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 uh, yeah, and I appreciate that that sentiment. But honestly, like the laws, is, Lars is longer. It's a kind of a joke, but it turned into something, and now you can go there. But thank you for mentioning it, Dennis, because I always forget about it. Honestly,
0: it it's one of my favorite things. I'll pop on Instagram just to see, and usually it's quick. He'll he'll throw something up. I think the other day you had this great classic uh, multi pack of wrestlers. And it was gone in a heartbeat. And then you had some jackets and shirts and just the stuff you throw well, up. So, it Dennis,
3: Dennis, which one did you buy?
2: <laughs> Go through a divorce. <laughs> I ain't buying anything right now. <laughs> and, and, and that's and and that's why I'm selling everything. So, anyways, but uh, like for instance, like I, like I went down into my like I have a little room downstairs in my house, and it's got all my records, and I have about ten thousand records, right? So, and I'm not going to listen to them all, but I I'm cleaning up some stuff, and I find an autographed version of a VHS tape of rock and roll high school. It's got DD, Dee Dee, it's got Johnny, it's got Joey, and it's got Mark.
3: Wow. And I'm like,
2: it's just, it's been sitting. Marky gave that to me for my birthday when we were on Lollapalooza together, along with a coffee mug and something else. And the coffee mug is, it, you know, cost him probably five bucks. So was a picture of me and him kissing each other. We j- did this joke anyways, this long story. And so, and I'm thinking to myself, it's been sitting down here for 20 years, basically. And I haven't done anything with it. And then, you know, so I threw it up just to see, like, what would people, you know, would anybody want this? The manager for Rancid, Kevin Wolf, calls me up and goes, what do you want for that? And I said, dude, it's yours. Because it's like, you know what I mean? He's that kind of collector. So, because, I mean, I got their autographs and I knew those guys and toured with them. and, And that stuff was killer. But I'd much rather have somebody who has it and would enjoy it. You know what I mean? As opposed to just, it's collecting dust. You know,
3: I, I just have to say right there, I really hope we can continue to talk here Lars, cause I want to hear stories of you hanging out with your heroes. Cause okay. like me hang, hanging out with you is I, I want to hear your stories about that shit one day. I mean, All right, we got well, to keep in contact here on that. Shit. Well,
2: then invite me on your fucking podcast asshole.
3: Well, here it's, it is again, right now. So you want to come on the
2: podcast? <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah. Are you inviting me finally?
3: I'm inviting you. You want to rec- okay, When do you want to record? Right Friday now. Night? Welcome right to now. Drinks with Johnny. <laughs> hey, welcome everybody.
2: <laughs> I'll, nice. hit you,
3: I'll hit you up and we'll get, we'll, uh, let's uh do it this weekend. I'd if love you,
2: to. Let's, let's do it this week. I'm down to do it. We'll do it this weekend. We can do it Friday, Saturday or Sunday. I got to be down in Los Angeles on Monday. So Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, you have me get my number from Dennis.
3: All I right. absolutely let's, will appreciate
0: let's that. Let's wrap this podcast up first. Oh, okay. There, goodbye. No, 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 We're not, not, no, no, no. We're not right. wrapping so this his, one up. <laughs>
2: this is going is. into Sunday. <laughs> He's got enough beer. I got enough stories. Petey's got his fucking <laughs> it, nickel. Yeah. Petey's got My nickel nickelback back sir. on loop. Right like all of, all of a
3: sudden, all of a sudden on YouTube, the borders <laughs> <laughs> change to drinks with Johnny. And
2: <laughs> that would be sick. We should that would do be that. sick. What that a swerve. What a total swerve. All right, Sorry, All right, listen, guys, up. we're going to
0: say our goodbyes off the air. Apparently, we just did mm-hmm. them on the air, too. But we're <laughs> going to
2: say goodbyes <laughs>
0: off the air. Johnny, hopefully this is a long relationship between our two podcasts that uh, will go on for a while. Because I think, I think so. as fun as the interviews are, I miss doing these kind of shows where we just we have no agenda. We just sit down, we just talk, answer some questions, and you never know where it went. To me, this is one of my favorite shows because of that. Agree. Oh, thank you. All
3: right, Agreed. guys. Well, thank you guys for having me, man. It's fucking really cool. All
0: right. We'll say our goodbyes off the air, wrestling perspective. Look, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, uh everything. No, yes, everything that iTunes, you have. Go to iTunes, rate, subscribe, take us with you wherever you go. Have a good night. Bye.